but I'm hung hung over the wrong way. <laughs> like I'm broke college student hung over, yeah. and th- and this other this other dude is like my age, but he's hung over with a hot chick <laughs> driving a, a an S class Benz and a Rolex, mm. and I'm like, what what what's going on here? And I told my mom, hey, you know what? College doesn't work. Like I'm not I'm not going to college anymore. I'm- <laughs> Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting, and here's the episode. Welcome back to the show, guys. Got a very special guest, Albert Preciado today. How's it going, man? Very good, very good. Excited. Dude, you got a crazy story. I can't wait to get into this. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I've done some research, but I'd like to hear from you, man, how you got started in business. Well... I, and when I was 19, I I used to go to uh, college, right? And I just decided to drop out of college because like my, that's what I believed. That's what a lot of like the Latinos out there, Hispanics, you're taught by your parents, like you got to go to college, get a degree. And that's the only way you're going to become successful Mm because you're going to get a job, 60 grand, 70 grand salary. So long story short, I was always, um, I would be hung over like in uh, IHOP, and in the mornings <laughs> and and I would be with my buddies right and, and I would be like uh, then I would see another guy hungover that would get there with a hot chick and I was thinking like we're both hungover but but I'm hung hungover the wrong way <laughs> like I'm broke college student hungover yeah. and th- and this other this other dude is like my age but he's hungover with a hot chick <laughs> driving a, a an S class Benz and a Rolex. Mm. And I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? Like, I'm going to college. This guy's not going to college. Yeah. So then uh, I, figured, I figured out, well, he's a real estate agent. He's a loan officer. Mm. And I started seeing a bunch of these people that, that all they needed was a real estate license. And they could make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I told my mom, hey, you know what? College doesn't work. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to college <laughs> anymore. I'm going to get a real estate license. So I got into real estate license. And uh, 21 years later, now I'm 40, I turned 40 like a few months ago, but I've been doing real estate and mortgage for 21 years. So that's how wow. I started. And I became, first I started as self, self-employed as, as a salesperson. Then 11 years ago, I started the first company of, of my own. Amazing. Yeah. So you went through that 08 crash. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was homeless for two months. <laughs> oh man. What was that like? Cause you probably were heavily into real estate. Was all your money in real estate at that time? Yeah. hundred percent. So you lost all of it? I, I lost everything. So I, I had two homes and, and the two houses uh, were foreclosed. I had an S550 when it barely came out. Yeah. Because I was big on entourage and I saw the S550 when it went from S500 to S550. I was the first one to get it in my broker shop, in my mm-hmm. mortgage broker shop. And I was making a lot of money young and, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I got into a lot of drinking, a lot of girls, a lot of parties, and that didn't help. 2008 mm-hmm. came. And I just lost everything uh, because mortgage stopped, like mm-hmm. it froze. So I made my money selling mortgages. Right. And when 2007 started and then 2008, th- there was just no mortgages. It- it's almost like the you went from closing um, 10 mortgages a, a month mm-hmm. to just none, none. And-, and if you closed one, it was like every six months or every five months. So it was painful. And everybody got out of the business. I mean, not everybody, but most people. And and I just decided, well, I'm gonna stick 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 with it, and I'm gonna see, I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna get through this. And that's when uh, I just told my my girl at the time, hey, can you forgive me because I was going out with a lot of women and things <laughs> like that. 
And and when they lost everything, you know, when you, when you when you lose, you never know what you have until you lose it. Right. So when I was without anything, I said, "Well, there's only one thing I want to save, and that's my my girlfriend, who's now my wife." Wow. So I reached out to her, and I told her literally, "I'm sorry for cheating on you. I'm sorry for uh, not taking you serious. I'm sorry for being a bad guy, like just you know, party animal. But um, do you forgive me? Do you want to stick around? I have nothing." I lost everything, so I have I have the Ford Explorer. I'm just gonna park the car and sleep in, in it because I'm too embarrassed to go back to my parents' house right. and tell them, "Hey, you know what? You were right. I should have gotten a college degree. I should have never gotten into real estate, and now I failed. I'm going back." So I said, "I'm not doing that. I'm gonna fight through this." Shout out to today's sponsor, NordVPN, my personal favorite VPN. You can change your virtual location very easily with Nord with one click and sometimes even zero click if you want to have on auto connect. It's got amazing speed. It's probably one of the fastest VPNs out there in my experience. And you can use one Nord account on six devices to make sure the whole fan is taken care of. You can also use it to avoid price discrimination. So you can see if certain products or services are cheaper in other areas or regions, which I have personally used on flights. And believe it or not, I've saved some money. You can also use it to secure your connection, protect yourself from hackers, especially in public locations like airports, hotels, etc. You can make sure you're safe there. It's supported on every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, etc. So don't worry about where you can use it. They got you taken care of. You can get an exclusive deal at the link in the description, nordvpn.com slash DHS. If you're listening on audio, we will link it in the video. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Check it out, guys. And we slept in the Ford Explorer for two months. What? Yeah. All I had was an iPhone. I had a, a laptop. And I, had a, I didn't even have a gym membership, but I would sneak into gyms to yeah. shower, work, work out, and then take my laptop and my iPhone to Starbucks and work on wow. my loans and my mortgages. That's crazy. So how does the mortgage game work? Say you get someone a mortgage. Are you making a fee on each person you bring to the bank? Yeah, like, like give or take so people understand it um, easier. You, get, you make like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 commissions on each mortgage. Wow. You could make more. So it's a percentage of the loan amount. So let's just say 2.5%. But back then, you could make four, six percent on the loan amount. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you get a mortgage for five hundred thousand, then you charge two and a half percent, and that's your commission. It's good money. And then brokers pay you like a split. So the the broker the the broker shop keeps twenty percent, thirty percent, forty percent, and then you keep your sixty, your seventy, your eighty, depending on your split mm. based on your production. So you could make very, very good money. Is it still like that these days or yeah, changed? Yeah. It, it's the same, but each company has different compensation plans. Wow. So are you still doing that now or have you pivoted from that business model? No, we, we, I still have that company. So now 11 years ago, I started the mortgage guy. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a mentor. Uh, I've, I've always invested in mentors. So one of my mentors, uh, Patrick Bedavid, he said, um, a good friend of mine too, he said, the mortgage guy just doesn't sound quite right <laughs> because that's, only you who's the mortgage guy albert but who but what if we do the mortgage guys that's plural meaning more more people with high egos are going to want to be part of it including women mm -hmm. so we changed it to the mortgage guys and then that just elevated the company so that's the company's already 11 years in business and active and doing well and even though right now uh real estate and mortgage slowed down because of the interest interest rates and all that because of our social media influence, we've been able to still get a lot of business wow. versus other companies that are struggling because they rely on like door knocking on face to face when it's so easy to capture so many leads through online. Yeah. You mentioned mentorships earlier. How much have you invested in those? 
Ooh, like five million bucks at least. Five million? Yeah, yeah. Like like Grand Cardone, I probably paid him like half a million, just him. Holy uh, crap. A few a few like a year ago I invested like hundreds of thousands, maybe a quarter million into uh John Maxwell. I've heard of him. So I flew in private to uh you know to mentor me and to be part of my driven event. Wow. So I, I'm always investing in one on one mentorship. Yeah. Because that's the highest form of learning. And my first mentor, uh, Grant Cardone, like 10 years ago, I was at his first uh, 10X conference in Cancun when he had it in Cancun with 35, 40 people. Mm-hmm. And, and because of him, I started Driven, wow. which was now we're going on. So Driven's one year less than the 10X conference. So I literally copied his 10X conference and mm-hmm. did the Driven event. And then I copied his business bootcamp and did the, did the, did the Driven business bootcamp, <laughs> which is a business like one. That. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's cool with it. <laughs> so out of the five million, would you say there was an ROI on that? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like last year, I did thirty million in in revenue Dang. with my four companies. That's incredible combined. Man. So it definitely has worked out. But I'm always big on reinvesting back in your business, getting better because the best investment you'll ever make is in you and yeah. in your business. So I've been doing that and uh, just learning so so much about business because business is. Uh, it's it's very dark. It's scary. You get lawsuits, betrayals, uh, all all kinds of problems. Yeah. So uh, I've been um, I I'm, I'm very I'm very happy because I've learned so much, and I like also teaching people that are starting their business because I I feel like I have the blueprint because I've been through it. Right. There, there's a very dark side of business that doesn't really get any spotlight because people are kind of ashamed. They're scared to talk about it. Mm-hmm. The lawsuits is definitely something that can eat at you, especially the first one you ever get. Yeah. Oh man, I still have nightmares about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could really shape you. But I saw one clip. You said you were working eighteen hours a day. Yeah. Do you still do that? Yeah, yeah. I sleep six hours, and I'm I'm working from the moment I I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. So I'm per- I'm probably not the perfect role model as a father because I have three girls. Right. Uh, and they're all named after Ferraris. <laughs> so Italia, Berlin, and uh, Cali, the, yeah. the newest one. And I, although I do love them and I provide for them a, a beautiful life, like they have their Bel Air house, mansions. We have security because I've been robbed three times gunpoint now. Damn, so I had serious? to get security, yeah. Jesus. And, and, they, and so it's, it's, it's the dark part of uh, having some success and, and being known on, online because uh, like, there's bad people out there. Right. And you get other sorts of problems. So it, it, it has definitely been a life changer. And yeah. So those robberies were targeted. They knew who you were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, they, they 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 knew where I was. I think it was like an inside job because they knew I was in New York in a wedding. Yeah, and and they broke in at a four in the morning New York time, which was one in um it was one in L.A. four a.m. in New York. Yeah, yeah. So they knew that it was a perfect time because I was in New York four a.m. I'm probably gonna be asleep. Right. And then they did it again. Uh, outside of my office in one of the best areas in LA, which is like Hollywood Hills, Beverly Hills area, they followed me because I drive a, a yellow SF90. Yeah. So they were just following me and I was just a year past. So I think I got comfortable and I wasn't paying attention and they distracted me. Some guy passed in the bike. Mm-hmm. I got out and he was distracting me so that the robbers could go in. So the robbers knew exactly which elevator I was gonna go in through because we have two elevators, the east side, the west side. Yeah. They knew I was gonna go in through one of them and they were there. They came in at the perfect time. I had a gun here, a gun here. Wow. They took my padded gold watch, 5980. And, and, um, and that was that. And then the third one came when I was at the office, somebody tried to break into my new house. Wow. 
and 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 that was recent. So I said, you know what, uh, I, I I can't do, I can't live like this because I can't think in business. My wife is our, our operator. She's our CEO for all four companies. I'm yeah. the I'm the CEO for all four. So we're always in the office, and and we need to be extremely focused. So I I just had to hire a bunch of security, full armed, and and everything. So uh, yeah. safety first. Dude, nowhere in LA is safe these days. It's crazy. No, no. I got my car broken into out there too. Yeah. And then I moved because of it, honestly. And then I went back six months later. Yeah, you got robbed. My again? friend's car got broken into. Yeah, right after we left it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On Melrose. Yeah, like yeah. nowhere safe there. Yeah, it's and, terrible. And the thing is that it's very important for me because I built my uh, my bis like my business. I start I started my business, and my business is what made me a millionaire. Mm-hmm. But then I became an influencer to grow my businesses more. Right. So what because I did that. Now I started marketing, kind of like the way Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone did it. And I have to show and I have to show more yeah. because that's what keeps my business growing. So it's kind of part of the, the game that I have to play. And, and, right. and that's, it is what it is. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because you're very open with your material objects. Yeah. You have a lot of nice cars, watches. Yeah. Do you just buy that for show or do you actually like those things? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like watches, I wasn't really into them. But once I started, uh, once I got a nice watch, and once I got a nicer watch, and then when you don't wear the nicer watch, it's kind of like, man, I just don't feel complete. <laughs> you got like, the like, RM, yeah. <laughs> like so, so like I, I just, I just, I can't like not wear a watch. So you need an RM now. <laughs> you, you, yeah, and and you need to match it like with your with your what you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so like once you, it's just weird. It's kind of like when you fly private, like you never want to not fly private again. Right. And and uh, it's it's how it works. And then my the, the cars, I actually do love him because I used to be a painter with my dad. So when mm. I was six, I used to paint homes with him in Bel Air, Beverly Hills. That's where I saw the Ferrari, and that's where I fell in love with it. Because I asked my dad, "How come we don't have the Ferrari? How come you don't? How come you don't drive a Ferrari and drive a mini like a big white van?" He's a painter, so he drives a van, mm-hmm. and we're poor, so he's not gonna afford a Ferrari. And I I questioned him. I said, well, "How come you don't have a mansion here? Like a, a, not a mansion, but as a boy, a little boy." How come you don't have a big house in that car? I didn't even know it was a Ferrari. Mm. And, and he's like, because it's not for us. So when he told me that, I'm like, what do you mean it's not for us? And, and that's what I think started my drive to succeed. Like I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna be the first one in the family to ever drive a Ferrari, to ever be a millionaire. And, and I just was that motivated uh, kid and, and hungry. Yeah, I think people without even realizing just have a lot of limiting beliefs. Yeah. And they don't think they could get to a certain point, but. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys. When you have that mindset shift, it's powerful. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like you had that at an early age, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you have your parents support when you wanted to go down this route of entrepreneurship? Yeah, 100%. They, they just, they were very scared. Uh, because they they thought I was gonna fail because sales are scary. Mm-hmm. Real estate is not uh, it, it's not always a, a for sure thing. Ups and downs and and business is just not for everybody. And and they, they just always have that. Uh, I think us uh, Latinos we grow with that with, with that fear. Mm-hmm. Like it, like everything's like scary. Like we can't do this. We can't do that. We're not meant to win. We're not meant to be successful. We're not business people. So that's why, uh, especially being first generation uh, here, me, I was born here. My parents immigrated from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So 
they they were they just were more scared than the usual than the first generation of Mexican American. So I think that kind of helped me because it pushed me. Yeah. Because I I wanted to make them proud. I wanted to be somebody that was going to become somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. My fiance is Latina, and I've. Met all her family, yeah. and I could see that mindset. Well, good ta- taste. La- Latinos are the best. Yeah, <laughs> I see that mindset you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. Yeah, yeah. It's not as yeah. aspirational. Yeah, yeah. It's more yeah. like they're very family oriented. Yeah, 100. percent And they're comfortable just you yeah know, with a middle class yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, but one thing that really helped me a lot and 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 kind of changed my outcome, I think, is is that from a very early age, I invested in mentorships. Mm-hmm. So when I was 19, I was, uh, I went, before I got into real estate, right before, I used to be a teacher assistant. Mm. So that was my first and only W-2 job that I had. Mm-hmm. And and the teacher was just always like grinding on me that, why are you reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad? <laughs> why are you reading those stupid books? She said, those books are stupid, they're garbage. You should go to college and get a degree like me so that you could be a teacher like me or or be somebody like me. Right. And I and then that day I said, Well, you know what? Like I, I don't agree with her. Yeah. So I, I decided not to show up again for, for work. Wow. And that's when I also got into real estate. So I told my mom, see, this is not working. And I started reading a lot and that led me to Grant Cardone. So then I looked for him and I said, What do I have to pay you to get close to you? Because I read your book and I was reading one book a week. Damn. And I came across his Sell to Survive book, and I found him, and I, and, and I bought his best ticket, went to his event, yeah. hired him as a mentor, and then that just changed my whole mindset. And then I learned from him. Then I hired Patrick David for four sessions, gave me a really good price eight years ago. I now bet. he charges a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. So I, I got four one-hour sessions with Patrick David one-on-one that included dinner, lunch, and pretty much hanging out and being his buddy. Yeah. So I learned a lot from the Patrick David that, that, that was in his in his early years. What's something specific you learned from Patrick David that you still implement? Business, uh, just, just operations, systems, processes. Because most people focus on marketing and sales, especially now people want to build their personal brand. Mm-hmm. But once you build that, and you have the sales and you have the marketing in place and you're getting a, a lot of extra business, you need operation systems and processes to scale it. So Patrick David told me one time, hey, you, what are your systems? You have your systems? So what, and, and I said, what are systems? And then he said, well, your operations. You have an operations manual for your company. And I said, well, what is that? So he told me, read this book, uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. I read it. He said, take 30 days and then take your top level executive team and go over there and create your operationals manual for your business because mm. without that, you're not gonna scale. And then he also told me, if you wanna grow your business, you gotta hire new people, mm-hmm. new talent. So green people because experienced people, experienced salespeople, they have old habits, they don't wanna change. When you hire new people, especially right now in real estate or mortgage, you want green people because they don't know that it was an easy market in 2000, 2021 and 2022. Mm. So they start now and they and they they this is their normal. Right. So when you hire them and train them, then when the market opens up, then you build a monster company. So I just learned so much on the operations side from from Patrick and I learned a lot of sales and marketing from Grant. Yeah. And then I then I went ahead and hired more mentors like John Maxwell for example, but I've hired everybody from Tim Grover to uh uh Ty Lopez Bobby Castro, like just all of them that you could imagine. Right, for all different of, stages yes, of your growth. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's important because I think people, people, 
outgrow like every year there's new and new problems yeah and 100%. you need a new person to fix that yeah yeah so who's your mentor right now well right now i don't have a mentor that i'm sticking to uh what i'm doing is right now i'm studying a lot and mm-hmm. uh, i wanted john, john maxwell was my my previous my latest one right but now i'm st- i'm studying how to exit so for example a mentor probably from far is is the is like dan gilbert Mm-hmm. So like Dan Gilbert is is the founder and CEO of Rocket Mortgage because I want to be the next Rocket Mortgage. Right. We have the mortgage guys and I'm also studying like Keller Williams, EXP, things that they're doing because I I I want to be better than them. Yeah. And and I always think big like that and 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 it's always better to think big, massive because even if you come a little short, right? You're still going to hit hit a big uh you're gonna have a big win. Absolutely. So like, that's what I'm studying right now. Like what, what's the multiple if you sell the company? How much do we have to make EBITDA every month, every year? Like w- what do we do? So I'll, I'll tell you who, like one of my mentors right now, now that you kind of uh, refreshed my memory, uh, I'm very close uh, with Neil Patel. Yeah. A lot of people don't know Neil Patel. Neil Patel is like a neighbor of mine. He's not a neighbor neighbor, but he lives like 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I spend time with uh, Neil Patel. I talk with him a lot. He's going to be at the at my driven event Friday and Saturday. So we build this this friendship. Right. But a lot of people don't really know Neil Patel. Like yeah. Neil Neil Patel is a big deal. Neil Neil Patel is probably more successful than a couple of those people that I mentioned combined. Wow. People just don't know that. But but that guy's that guy's that guy's huge. Yeah, he came on the show. He's very humble. And He's down to very earth. humble. But yeah. but uh, I'll tell you, he he has more. Than than a couple of those people combined. You serious? I'm Dude, serious. That's crazy. And, and I want to. And and obviously, like I'm not talking about his personal stuff. Yeah. But you guys should follow Neil Patel and learn a lot from him because he's yeah. he's a genius. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You'd have no idea talking to him that he was worth that much. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So how big is your real estate portfolio right now? Did you I, bounce back? I, I don't have a real estate portfolio. I had to sell all my real estate portfolio. Mm. So I had 18 properties. And and the the what happened is when I started the mortgage guys, mm-hmm. the mortgage guy became the mortgage guys. We started Ambiance Realty, the driven event. And, and so those three companies were the first three. Mm-hmm. And what happened is that in 2018, you know, I, I, was, I, ran, I was running out of funds. Mm-hmm. I maxed out all my credit cards I, and I was just spending overly for the driven events. I was, so I, I maxed out my wife's credit cards. Damn. Uh, my dad, you know, lent me a little bit of money. I just got as much money as I could and I just spend it all. Like I was just spent, I paid Grant 40 grand to put a 40 second ad at, at his uh, 10X conference. Wow. To just put my name, my, my phone number and my face. Was it worth it? Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So a lot of people didn't realize, like, man, they, like, like this guy's reckless, driving Ferraris, Rolls Royces, buying watches, doing a bunch of crazy things. But I was doing it to get attention mm. because I wanted to appear bigger than I was. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to appear. I want to to uh, fight Goliath when you're small. You have to appear bigger. Mm-hmm. So my way of appearing bigger was spending more, having the Ferrari, even though I could barely afford it. I was I, I was like faking it till I made it, but I was right, right. fighting. I, I was doing the work. I wasn't doing it for for just show. I was doing it because I needed to do that to grow my business because I couldn't recruit enough people. I couldn't speak on stage. Nobody knew who I was. Mm. And it's not about how good you are, how much experience you have. It's about who knows you. For sure. Because people pay who they know, not who's the best. Mm-hmm. So then I started spending all my money and then we got into problems. 
And then I remember uh, I sold one property every quarter just to get 100 grand, 200 grand. And I sold all of them combined. I got out like 2 million bucks mm -hmm. from selling all my portfolio. And then those 2 million bucks saved my business and my life. Wow. Because I battled heart attacks. I got sued. You got a heart attack? Well, I didn't get a heart attack, but I battled <laughs> heart attacks. I felt like I was getting heart attacks like every week. Damn. Because I had so much pressure. Yeah. Like I would turn purple when I was eating. I couldn't even swallow my food. Holy Because I had crap. a baby on the way. I'm broke. And, 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 I don't, and, and I'm selling all my properties. Yeah. Then, I'm, then I'm out of money again. So I remember 2018, I, I was like rock bottom. Not a lot of people know, know this, but I, I even went with Brad 2017 to Sushiya, a restaurant with him and, and his uh, previous videographer, one of, the, one of the first ones that he was using. Yeah. And I remember that I was there, but I, I could barely eat. I didn't wow. even know if I was going to be able to pay the bill. Brad didn't know this because I, we were driving a Rolls Royce yeah. Ghost that I had, <laughs> but I'm barely paying everything. Dang. I, have, I don't even think I have 40 bucks to pay the bill. Holy he doesn't know that. But, but uh, and at the same time, I can't even eat well because I'm so stressed out. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the, the, the card went through. And for some reason, like, God always helps me for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like he's watching me. And then that, that, that happened. But in 2008, like a few months after that, I'm just like out of money. Everything's maxed out. And I, ha and, and I have one property left. And we're in the Fountain Blue in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I'm with my wife. And I tell her, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're drinking uh, in the Fountain Blue Bar and drinks there are like 40 bucks each. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like acting like a baller. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm acting like a genius. I'm like, hey, we're selling this property. I have a, I have a great, like, it's going to be a great deal. It's, I'm, a, I'm a genius. It's going to work out. Like, I, I have this genius idea. She knows I'm not a genius. She knows <laughs> I'm like, it's the last house that, I, that we have. Mm -hmm. And she knows I have to sell it because we have no money. And we needed that to pay the bills, to pay our employees, to, to keep the business going. Mm -hmm. So it was like, a, and I have, a, I have a daughter, right? And she's one. And, and, and like, what am I doing? I'm taking a huge risk. Right. But I believed in myself. And that's what I tell people. Like, sometimes, you know, you're like one inch away from, from scoring that home run, from making, the, from, from making that touchdown, but you quit mm -hmm. when you're that close. And business is very, very hard. So... And not everybody can win in business at a big level. So then I told my, my wife, we got to sell this property. Like, it's, it's a great deal. And she's like, she starts crying. She knows it's not a great deal. And, and, and she starts crying. Like, and, and then I tell her, like, like, I'm like, hey, babe, I just need you to believe in me one last shot. Like, give me one last shot. Mm. And I promise you. And, and, and that day she gave me that one last shot. And then everything from there started looking bright. Wow. Business finally starts working. Business finally starts growing. My brand finally starts growing too. So everything from there started growing. And then 2020 comes. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, the mortgage sl slows down again and another challenge. So then uh, like what I did there, it wasn't that bad. But what I did is I led by example. So I said, hey, guys, you know, production is down. I'm going to step down as a CEO and I'm going to originate. I'm going to come back and I'm going to start originating. And I'm going to show you guys how it's, possible to get deals. Mm -hmm. So I start originating and that just, that, that just motivates everybody. And then everybody starts originating more. Then rates come down and then we just have another, like we blow up again. And, and then it's just been like that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that most people, they exaggerate on their one year goal. They're like, in one year, I'm going to make a million. In one year, I'm going to make 10 million. 
but they don't realize like how much they've grown in the past five years, in the past 10 years. 10 years ago, I made 106,000 bucks, mm. 10 years ago. And if I compare that to today, you see a big difference, 100 grand to 30 million. Right. However, most people are so focused on their next year, but, but you gotta think about what are you gonna create in the next five years, mm -hmm. in the next 10 years from now? And that's a lot of things that now I talk to like Neil Patel and other friends uh, that, that are high net worth and, and they, they explain to me how they open their business. I have another friend that's worth hundreds of millions and he has a big house with uh, like, he has like, uh, how many cars? Like <laughs> 80 something cars or something. Jeez. He, he has a, his house is 40,000 square feet wow. in the hills in Hollywood. That's awesome. And he, his business took 40 something years to get to that point. Dang. So now his business is worth 300 million more or less but it took him 43 years. Right. So people don't realize we've been in business 11 years for the mortgage guys, nine years for Ambience Realty, eight years for Driven Enterprises. Mm -hmm. And then our newest one is an escrow company that's been active in business for almost two years. Mm -hmm. But it's just, um, you know, it's a journey and, and it takes time and, and, and it's very, very important to invest in, in mentors because they give you the blueprint, but you gotta go execute. For sure. Yeah, it sounds like the compound effect is what you're talking about, yeah. right? Just getting yeah. better every day and it takes years to really see the results but people think very short term like yeah. a year is not yeah. long enough yeah yeah i really really resonate with that but going back to the 18 hours a day thing yeah how do you spend time with your with your wife and kids well my wife works with me so my, my wife uh is always at the office she has her office i have my office and we built a happy a happy place. So we, I feel like we built a, a life that we don't need a vacation from. Hmm. So whenever we want to jam, like we'll just hop on the private jet, take the girls, go to Puerto Rico, straight, and then straight back. Because mm -hmm. before we used to fly to Florida, then then get another flight down. Right. Now it, now we buy time. Because I learned very early that rich people buy time, poor people waste time. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't value money. So you might have other people, other entrepreneurs that are successful and they say money is important and all this stuff. I don't value money. Like mm -hmm. I, I really think money is trash. I heard Grant Cardone say that, but money is trash if you don't use it. Mm. If you use it and you invest it in other businesses, then it's, it's gonna work for you. But if you keep money in the bank, it's trash. It's losing value. Mm. It's going down in value. So what I believe is king, you know how some people say cash is king? Yeah. Cash flow is king. Mm. So I have, I built, I've invested in different businesses that I get cash flow. Right. So I get monthly cash flow, weekly cash flow, daily cash flow, hourly cash flow, <laughs> minute cash flow, even seconds cash flow. Because for example, I have a business with Brad Lee yeah. uh, that, that's called Driven Academy. So that's a subscription, $67 a month renewals. Mm -hmm. So people like I, I get, I get people signing up for that like, every other seconds, I don't know. So that's a form of cash flow that's coming in. Right. And, and so like I've invested in, in my cash into building other, other sectors that give me those drips. I, I want those drips. So when mortgage and, and real estate come down, then I still have other businesses that are doing even better. Mm. So it always, it, it's, it always, like you said, it compounds and, 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 I, and I build that vertical integration where the businesses help each other. So like that, that's what I believe is key. You gotta build cash flows. Some people do it with real estate apartments, you get cash flow. So I think that's more important than cash. I think cash is trash. I think cash flow is king. I love that. Yeah, people don't realize having money in the bank, they're losing money every day. 100%, <laughs> yeah. 
But dude, five years and you're at 30 million from nearly broke five years ago. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's unreal. Yeah. And for your wife to have believed in you is, is really cool to see. Yeah. I do a lot of scary things. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm a big risk taker, but another guy that I invested money in is uh, Jesse Itzler. Yeah. So I was at his house. We're having a conversation and he told me like, cause I asked him, Jesse, like, so what do you do when, when, when you be, get to that next level? Like, do you still keep taking stupid risks? like dangerous risks, because mm -hmm. there's risks that you can score a home run, but you could also go out of business and die. Right. So like, at what point do you stop putting everything on the line, Jesse? And I said, how do you do it, Jesse? And Jesse said, well, when you get to a certain level, now you take bulletproof risks. And I was like, bulletproof risk? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so what's a bulletproof risk? Well, it's a bulletproof risk. Like it's a risk that is a win-win. Mm -hmm. There's like 1% chance you'll fail and 99% chance you'll win. So there's not really a risk, you're, but you're now you're taking bulletproof risks. Wow. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So that's what you take now, Jesse. Yeah, I t we only take bulletproof risks. So I'm like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. Because in the beginning, you kind of have to risk it all to, to grow the, the first stage. Yeah. But then once you, you get resources and you have access to a, a lot of money and people and relationships, then you don't have to take, uh, you don't have to put everything on the line. Mm -hmm. You could make bulletproof risks. And that's why it's very important to never ever burn your bridges. Yeah. Because when you burn your bridges, especially the wrong ones, it could end your career. Mm. So it's very important Like keep those relationships, value them. Because one of the biggest downfalls for people in business is that their ego gets too big. Mm -hmm. Their ego gets too big, then they build e envy, and, and then that just, that just destroys them. I love that. How have you been able to keep your ego in check despite your success? Because I, I don't feel I, I don't feel successful yet. Yeah. Like I just I just feel like uh, like I have to always whenever I I reach a goal I like I immediately create another one that's bigger. Hmm. I always keep pushing myself more and more and more and more, and it keeps me uh, focused. Yeah. And and I have a very addictive personality, so like me. Like if, if you, if I don't know, I don't know if you like to have fun or you, or you have any bad habits or, or you get crazy once in a while, but like me, like if I drink, like I'm going to go ham and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to drink all night, you yeah. know, like I'm going to go hard. I'm not going to have three drinks. I'm going to have, man. yeah, I'm, I'll have 15 drinks, yeah. right. Or, or more. Uh, if I'm going to work, I'm going to work hard, 18 hours nonstop. I'm going to be focused. If I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to work out hard. Yeah. If I'm going to have sex, I'm going to go hard. <laughs> like everything for me is like like that just yeah, yeah. hard so i don't know so when i when i work a lot it keeps me away from like the bad things because because right. uh it just distracts me positively yeah no i love that i call those positive distractions yeah because growing up you probably were more on the negative distractions yeah 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 100 <laughs> yeah the circle changed because i had a circle of people that were negative and people that 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 were small thinkers and now when you're in a circle with people like people that drive bugattis and people that are billionaires it's just a whole different circle and it keeps you like, hey man, you know what? Uh, I still have a long ways to go. Yeah. So what was that conversation with your old friends when you were telling them you're gonna leave them? What was that like? I just decided, I just didn't even tell them. I just, I just left. <laughs> you yeah. didn't tell them? Yeah, I just left, yeah. I, I just, I wanted to move to a different circle, to a different area, a different circle, be around different people because yeah. these people just wanted to like, they wanted to go to strip clubs, they wanted to do they wanted to like just be like day drinking. They wanted to just do things like that, and and it, it just didn't work. Right. They wanted to do fraud. They wanted it, it was just not the people you want to be around with. But you don't know until you have a better circle. Exactly. Because usually what happens is bad people can they can level up with with the big timers. 
So like, for example, for, for me in business, as we grow and we get better people, the bad people, the people that didn't belong in, in, in our circle, in our company, mm -hmm. they fall off because they just can't handle the growth. Right. They can't handle being around so much positivity, so much growth, so much success. So they, un they end up falling off. Mm -hmm. And then the funny part is that all, all, all of them end up in the same dumpster with all the, the rest of the dumpster. Yeah. And, and then they, they didn't even like each other, but, but now, now they're friends, but they didn't even like each other, but now they're friends because they have one thing in common. They're, they they don't like you like mm -hmm. like they're jealous of you they become jealous of you that leads to envy right. that leads to them being haters and then later on they're fanatics because later on they're like I used to know Albert I used to fly private with Albert <laughs> I used to be his friends I used to go out drinking with Albert not anymore buddy yeah have any of them reached out to you uh, maybe trolls on maybe they they create fake accounts on Instagram and they send me messages. But but I mean I I move on. So yeah. what what one of my one of my policies is one of my one of my principles is when people leave my life or my company, like I unfollow them. Wow. Like like I don't I, I don't have any I don't have any uh, need to talk to them. I don't have any need to spend time with them because why? I need to focus on people that are all in with me in the company. People that are all in with me in life. Because the free time that I do have, I want to spend it with people that I love, care about. I want to be with my daughters. I have three. Mm -hmm. I want to be with my dad, my mom. And I'm so highly productive that money is, is you can't get it back. Mm -hmm. And now when now that I turn 40, I'm like, damn, you know what? I used to be like, I'm young and I'm and, and I'm successful. Like I'm ha I'm I'm Grant Cardone's like half his age and all that. <laughs> now I'm like now I'm like, now I'm, now I'm 40. Yeah. So and I realize how fast time goes. Like my little daughter Italia. She was uh, born. Now she's going to turn seven. So I'm wow. like, wow. So that's why, like, why would I talk to somebody that left the company, follow them, or, or they're not even part of my life? Like, mm. for what? I'd rather give my time to my people that are in my life. Yeah. No, that's good advice. I didn't even think of it that way. But yeah, when you follow your old coworkers, there's really no point keeping up. For with what? It. Yeah. For what? And, and then what happens is, like, when people leave you, they usually have some sort of um, like like they don't like you right then they start talking about you <laughs> and and like why why even entertain why even get into their drama they start posting things on social media like indirectly talking about you or things <laughs> like that and then they're up they're all a bunch of like people that are just not happy with their life and they hang out with the other unhappy people like just i wish him the best i'm just like i wish you the best enjoy life uh but I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. What age were you when you met your wife? I was 20, I was 24 and she was 21. Oh, wow. So she went through your... She met, she met me 2007 when I was parting my life away. Wow. Because 2007, that everything was collapsing in mortgage and real estate. So I said, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to party it up and spend my last, my last well, whatever I have left. And I just partied up, up until the third month when they repossessed my car because I didn't pay it. And then uh, they foreclosed my home where I lived and then they foreclosed the other one first and I just okay. partied it up. Like I, I still, like I was always good in sales mm -hmm. because I, I read a lot of sales book. I read the pickup artist games, like, mm -hmm. like Neil Strauss and the, and, and the other guy with the long hair. Um, uh, and, and so I, I had, a, I had, yeah. And I had a lot of good pickup lines and, and, and I was just good in sales. So even if I was broke, I could still close uh, girls. Like I could still, like, <laughs> with 40 bucks, I would figure out a way to close them yeah. and to kind of like trick them in a way where I'm rich, I'm successful, I'm, I'm a f bad f 
and and I was always good at wow. at, at like persuasion, like yeah, yeah. Uh, like just that communication. So. Uh, I, I was, and, and it was not the most ethical thing to do, but like I made a lot of mistakes when I was younger. I did a lot of, uh, you know, bad things. I got three DUIs mm -hmm. uh, when I was 21. When I was 21, I got, when I was 21, I got my first DUI. Then when I was 24, I got a uh, 23, 24, I got a second DUI and a third DUI. And then uh, I, 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 I got a lawyer mm -hmm. and he made the third a wet reckless. Mm -hmm. And since it's called a wet reckless, you avoid having a third DUI because a third DUI is a felony. Wow. So then after that, one day I was like late at night in the hotel and I was just doing all day and I was drinking and, and I came out and, and I, I just, I could I didn't sleep all night. So I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to drive home. It's already seven. So I was driving and I hit a car and, and then the cop gets there. That would have been my fourth DUI. Dang. I would have been in jail for 10, 20 years. I don't know for sure because that, that was already a lot. I didn't yeah. even have a license because uh, I had a suspended license. Geez. So because it's seven in the morning and, and I figured I have the shades on and, and it doesn't look like anything horrible happened because I just fell asleep and swiped the, the bumper and the, 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 it was a Nissan Murano yeah. and the guy came out And he's like, well, what happened? And, and then the cop gets there. The cop says like, well, it's not a big deal. Well, the guy looks pretty cool. I guess the <laughs> was good. It woke me up from all the drinking. And he's like, you guys handle it. He left. And I'm wow. like, wow, I don't have a license. My fourth DUI, I'm <laughs> out. Like I'm, I'm drunk, but it, I don't feel it. And, and then the, the guy is like, um, I said, well, you know what? I'll fix it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll pay, I'll give you cash for it. Oh, Go get an you? estimate. No, I hit him. Oh, and he said he'll pay for it? No, I told him I'll pay for the damage. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I said, let's not use insurance. Gonna not go through insurance. I didn't even have insurance. Yeah. And, and uh, because I was broke, but I was spending my, my money like, like in a dumb way. Right. So I tell the guy, I'll just pay for it. Just get an estimate and I'll pay for it. And he's like, well, let me think about it. Let me go get an estimate. And then if not, we'll use our insurance. So I gave him an insurance that I had there that was expired. <laughs> and I just told him, yeah, here's my insurance information, whatever. Call me. And I was just kind of praying, like, oh, hopefully he just. But at least I got away from the from the another DUI or whatever. Yeah. But long story short, he tells me it's seven grand. That's all I had. I had seven grand that I had saved in my. So because that's when I was trying to get better in life. Yeah. And and I was like saving a little bit of money here and there. I I had to give my seven grand, and I was back with nothing again. Damn. And then that's when I said I'm never doing again. Yeah. And then I stopped, and then I focused on just getting better year by year that's awesome you must have hit him hard going seven grand in damages what was it a bumper seven grand no yeah, it was seven, seven grand yeah so so that's all i had and i actually had to close like a few deals to kind of like get the seven grand but yeah. i gave him the seven grand in a week and that was it wow albert it's been a great episode man it's been fun learning your story and it's great seeing how successful you are now anything you want to close off with Well, if, if you guys uh, want to learn entrepreneurship and, and you want to go to um, a, an event that just kind of focuses on business, it's, it's more, it's more you, you get the mindset and you get the motivation, but it's also a lot of the business, like the sales, the marketing, how to build your personal brand, the operation systems processes, and those things that are really going to drive your business to grow. Mm -hmm. Based on my experience, like I feel like all the mentors that I've had, 
I learn a little bit from all of them. So they get all of that combined in me. And then I also bring a lot of guest speakers. So uh, I would love to have you there, by the way. If you're yeah. available, it's going to be in, uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but it's going to be November 4th and 5th. DrivenEvent.com is where they could find it. Awesome. I'll put a link. I'll be there. I'll see you guys there. Thanks so much cool. for coming on, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next time.